talk like Marlene Dietrich And you dance like Zizi Jaume Your clothes are all made by Balmain And there's diamonds and pearls in your hair Hello everybody and welcome back to the show This is Reservations and we are your hosts My name is Jeremy Blair And I'm Rain Whalen um, so before we get started with the episode, we have a couple of things we want to take care of. One that completely blew my mind this week. Yeah, um, we can thank my mother for this. Uh, she shared it to me. I, of course, shared it to Jeremy. And now we are both like... And I think it's gaining traction because I, our buddy Robert Gonzalez, shout out to Robert Gonzalez. He doesn't listen. Uh, <laughs> uh, he had posted something about it today. And so it's gaining traction. So like it's been a thing people have been saying wrong. Since the movie came out. Yes. So for 28 years, almost 30 years. And I'm 90% certain in the episode, we taught, we both quoted it. And so here's what's super, okay. So if if you guys are watching, I'm going to ask Rain to just go ahead and throw up the poster up here. So when we did our Tombstone episode. Yes. um, We discussed uh, Doc Holliday's phrase, I'll be your huckleberry. That is not what he says. He no. says, I'll be your huckle bearer. Yes. Uh, uh, which is, you know, wrong, which is what I've been saying about. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give any credit to TikTok, but this is because of TikTok. I know this. Yeah. Um, my mom sent me this TikTok of this guy saying how in... Uh, I have it written if you'd like to... Oh, no, I remember. Oh, do you remember? Okay. I, I, cause when I just I, didn't want to miss, you know what I mean? Because when I showed it to Ashley, uh, yeah. Uh, in apparently the olden times uh, 1800s 1800s uh the side of a coffin was called a huckle yeah the handle a handle uh and so when you were a huckle when you were the person uh what the phrase now is pallbearer um you were a huckle bearer <laughs> so val kilmer is actually saying i will be your pa- uh, your huckle bearer which is insane. So as soon as you sent me that TikTok, I immediately went to YouTube and I found those scenes and I held it up against my ear. I had and it you were super like, loud. <gasps> right. And I go, God damn it. He's saying Huckleberry. And I think I think the reason why forever we've always thought it's Huckleberry is because I have no context for Huckleberry. That and I attribute to Val's afflection with that southern accent. Oh, maybe. It yeah. sounds like he's saying Huckleberry. Bear with an accent, correct? Right? Yeah, yeah I get. I that. feel like if he had just spoken normally, we would always hear Hucklebearer. Yeah, and then wonder what that was, right? Right. Um, and Even, then, so here's what's so funny about this. Okay, is that in IMDb trivia, they talk about why he says Huckleberry, and they give it a an actual reason. Yeah. Huh. I remember talking about it on the episode. I was sitting right over there. <laughs> That's when we had it flip-flop. Yeah. And I, I remember saying something about the reason why I said And so it's almost like, here's another good example of how people do this. So this is going to take, let's take you back Okay. to like 2016 or whatever this was. when We're going to get to the episode. Hang on. When Jared Leto had posted his first image of him as the Joker, right? Uh-huh. He had all these tattoos, right? Right. And a lot of people were like, oh, maybe it's because... It's, it's like the 50th anniversary. anniversary. And that's why he's wearing the tattoos. And then some people got really into it. It's like, no, here's why. And then, like, 
his teeth are, you know, you know, like that because Batman busting them out so many times or whatever. Yeah, I, I remember reading a lot about that. Like, the damage tattoo is, like, meant to be for Batman because it's right. like, you damaged me. And, and, I, you know, it's people making sense of what they're seeing and in this case, what they're hearing. Right. Right? It's like he's he has to be saying Huckleberry because I don't know what else he's saying. Yeah. Right? And then they're probably attributing it to, you know, Huckleberry Finn and Mark Here's Twain. Here's what's wild. When I watched Tombstone for the episode, I watched it with subtitles on because I watch all my movies with subtitles on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm 90% certain the subtitles say Huckleberry. Unbelievable. Uh, well, we've all been saying it wrong for almost 30 years. Yes. Uh, and so Jeremy and I wanted to kind of... Uh, not really, pretty much retract that, hey, we even got it wrong. Uh, as we've started this season with pretty much saying, hey, we've been wrong. A bunch of times. Yeah. Did you, so when I was telling my, uh, one of our part-timers at work, I was telling her that I'm so stupid because I didn't know. Well, I was telling her about the Chester joke that I told oh. last week <laughs> um, that people seem to have enjoyed. I'm being facetious. But I thought it was funny, and so I'm gonna stand by it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so I was trying to get to that joke, but first I had to explain why I was saying all this stuff. And so she, I said, "Did you know Spain and France are border countries?" <laughs> she goes, "Yeah, you could say that they French kiss," and that made me laugh. So <laughs> shout out to Callista, good joke. I uh, I like that. <laughs> so that's a Spain and and France French kiss. They are up against each other. So. Yeah. Uh, I will never forget that until the day I die. Just a few more things before we get into the episode. Uh, one, uh, one, we finally have our season six logo. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to use the one that Alex made just for us. Oh, fun. Because it'll fit in the in the. Oh, poster. yeah, because it'll fit in there. Um, just like we did with season five. Uh, we're not going to tell you what it is. We want you guys to tell us what it is because we know what it is. Well, of course, and a lot of people will too. It's a very popular movie. Yeah. So. I'll, except for my father. Oh, you uh, didn't know? No, you know, he thought we were married. Well, I mean, your wedding ring was prominently well, placed on my that, shoulder. That's exactly, you know, will you know that it's 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 the left hand on the right hand right. In, in the original poster. So I think Haley and I might recreate this when we get married. <laughs> and she's gonna, <laughs> which, and she'll put her. She'll. It'll be probably. No, no, y'all should do that for engagement photos. Well, we're doing. Uh, she wants to do like really awkward JC Penny like like uh, headshots or that's whatever funny. that's called like glamour shots. Yeah, that's what she wants. Anyway, anyway, uh, so <laughs> yeah, let us know. Uh, obviously, and just like we did with season five, we'll shout you out. Which yeah, we'll shout it'll you probably out. So, be Zach again. Yeah, it'll probably be Zach again. Uh, Almost guaranteed, it always is. Um, the uh, second thing. Uh, Speaking, it's funny you brought up Jared Leto. Because we both also just saw the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The not, Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. Uh, it was great. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Dad um, called me. He hated it. He so absolutely hated it. My mother-in-law also told uh, us that she liked the first one more. And I was like... So did Dad. Dad said... Like, what? I said, but this one's more fun. He goes, yeah, but the other one was a movie. This one just mm. seemed like... And I think it's because he's so used to... Building things up, being introduced to the concept, being introduced to the characters, but it's what we just jump right in. Yeah, James Gunn gives you no time to breathe. He's just like, nope, we're going. Yeah, and you know, you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Uh, so I mean, many people saw the first one. It's like you probably saw the first one. No, no offense to David Ayer, but sorry. Even he said that like he he can't wait to see this. Yeah. 
So and it was rad. It, it was super it, it was violent. <laughs> uh, go see it in theaters or or not. I mean, I didn't. I saw it on HBO. I've already given my my two cents on the whole direct streaming shit, and I'm not gonna get on my soapbox <laughs> again. Uh, and then lastly, bit of sad news. Um, if it hasn't been very prominent, which I don't think we've actually talked about. Uh, you and I are big fans of The Whitest Kids You Know. We are huge fans of The Whitest Kids You um, Know. I don't think I've ever seen comedy like that. Uh, it's just... <laughs> the Grapist will forever be the best skit of theirs. Most of you out there will probably know uh, how Abraham Lincoln really died. Right, that That's Abraham Lincoln That's how I was introduced to them. Me as uh, myself. I and then I was like, okay, who are these guys? Yeah, and this is super funny. You guy. fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um... But one of the co-creators, Trevor Moore, uh, it was today, wasn't it? It was Friday. Uh, well, he recently passed away. Yeah, which um, sucks, man. He was so funny. And yeah, Trevor. Yeah, and I was kind of hoping that they would like revive the show and like you know what I mean because they would do stuff uh, on YouTube. They would um, do live streams of them playing like RPGs. No, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and getting like super into it, and then they would uh, have videos where they would just talk about one sketch and like how it came to be and like what was it like to film it and all that stuff that's awesome yeah um, it was tons of fun and so check those out uh, they're on their youtube channel um yeah uh and also watch the movie that he co-wrote miss march yeah miss march is hilarious miss march is hysterical yeah. uh him and the other guy from the whitest kids you know zach, uh, zach uh, even though it's all about zach's character trevor is he's the best in it yeah um but yeah so Sad to see such a great comedian I know. go at yeah. a, a pretty young age. Lost a lot of celebrities this yeah, month this, and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We thought 2020 was awful. 2021 has already taken so many good people. Dusty Hill, Joey Jorison, Trevor Moore. I mean, just like it, it's... Uh, Yikes. Yeah. Well, so now to get on to other depressing things. The episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we... If you didn't watch or listen last week, uh, today we are discussing the 2007 Wes Anderson film, The Darjeeling Limited. Um, also, if you missed, uh, then you'll, you will know that I am a big fan of Wes. Jeremy is not. <laughs> no. I thought in season four, when we did uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, and you told me you didn't like it, I, again, I was like, all right, I'm giving up. He's not. If Grand Budapest couldn't do it, none of his films are going to do it. So I'm just going to give up. And then uh, my wife and I watched this one recently because I bought it on the Criterion Collection because I wanted all of Wes's movies on Criterion, which I'm slowly getting there. You're close. Um, and I was like, okay, you know what? We haven't watched this one. The French Dispatch, which is Wes's newest film, isn't out yet. And I was like, let's just let's just watch this one. And we both loved it, and both of us agreed, this is the one. So before we get into the, the movie, what did you think? Okay. I will say, I hated this one the least. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, out of all of them, this is the one I hated the least. I, I liked a lot of things about it. There's still just stupid Wes Anderson bullshit in it <laughs> that I just don't understand. Um, I really liked the the quick dialogue between the three brothers. That was fun, especially when they were comparing 
and sharing their prescriptions oh, with one yeah. another, and they all had tranquilizer in it. Uh, and they're and they're all passing them around like, oh yeah, yeah. That made me laugh. I did like that. And um, I even told Haley, I was like, oh shit. She goes, what? I go, I don't hate this yet, <laughs> you know. But yeah. then. One of the main things that just drove me insane. Oh man! Because it made no sense. I, I think I have. I think I know. Jack's not wearing shoes. Oh, oh, yeah. And I hate it because it's not. He's not like stumbling over stuff. He's not like getting hurt. Like his feet. Like he's not every once in a while going, "Ow, shit!" or anything like that. That it's just. Stupid Wes Anderson bullshit. I meant to look that up because when Ashley and I first watched this, I was like, I was like, huh? Like, have you noticed he's not wearing shoes? Well, he wasn't wearing shoes in the short film. That is the the hotel, whatever. A uh, hotel. Uh, I just watched a video where they pronounce it correctly. <laughs> it's like Chavalet or. Yeah, we'll just say the hotel. But Ho- he's hotel in a ho- C. He's in a hotel room, and I thought that he was just like he got dressed really fast and didn't put shoes on. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. Because he's just going to stay in the hotel room, and he's not going to be wearing clothes that long anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, that's why. But then in the movie, he's not wearing shoes either. Yeah. He never does. <laughs> I, I like I said, I meant to look it up because I, I also. Was I don't like, know why it bothered me. So why? Much. But it's because they never, it never comes into play, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in regular comedy. <laughs> I kind of like it. There's this uh, great scripted game show called Bunk um, that used to be on IFC. Uh, and the, awesome. And the host, uh, Kurt Brungle, uh, does not wear shoes. Uh, he wears a three-piece suit, but he's barefoot. Right? Okay. And they don't, they don't mention it, and I thought that was funny, right? Uh-huh. This, however... <laughs> Is different. Do you think? Do you think it bothered you because they're traveling throughout India? Yes. And actually, like walking around and. Yeah, I think that's what bothered me the most about it, and I think it's because I get the feeling that the implication is, look how quirky he is, not wearing shoes, and I think that's what I don't like about Maybe. it. Maybe I, I, I kind of attribute it to. I don't know. I, I really don't have an answer. And for I'll that tell you one. the one thing I absolutely loved. Okay. 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 And the movie should have ended right there. Okay. Is the the montage of train cars and it's people in different places, mm. right? Uh, I loved that. I thought that was brilliant. And then the movie kept going. And I go, no, 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 no. So, so what you're saying is you were you were the producer guy in the pitch meeting for Return of the King? Can't help but notice you're still talking. Yeah. And then oh. Sam and Frodo. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can't help but notice you're still going. And then we fade to white. And then, oh my God. <sighs> yeah. Now, <laughs> I can forgive The Lord of the Rings because it's such a gigantic story, right? Yeah. That we have followed these people that have gone on to very different trajectories. Yeah. Um, that you need a wrap up for everybody, right? right? This was just I just loved the the setup. I loved the shot. I loved the 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 artistic interpretation of meanwhile, here's where these people are, right? But it's in train cars. That was awesome. No. And then the tiger was barely visible at the end. And I was like, this would be a great way to stop. And then they kept going. <laughs> there's more movie. And, and you're then there's like, more movie and I go, ow. Ow. <laughs> ow. So on a scale from one to ten, so the three, this being the third Wes Anderson movie I've made you sit through, 
Uh, on a scale from one to ten, um, let's start at the first one. Okay. Life Aquatic. Oh, a two. Okay. I did not like that. Grand Budapest. A three. This one. A four. God damn it. <laughs> well, okay. As, okay, I'll give it a five. But as as I said last week, if uh, if you didn't like this one, I'm not going to make I, I'm not going to make you do another one. Again, those were the things I enjoyed. I uh, I think I would have liked it a lot better. And again, I shouldn't be doing this because it's like it's just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that you know, like if they had I mean, never true. met up with their mom and Angelica Houston wasn't in it, mm-hmm. that would have been cool too. You know, they I would have like it would have almost been like we shouldn't be we shouldn't be just so handcuffed to the past and trying to, you know, yeah, try to find all these people that don't want to find us. Right. Let's just let it go. Yeah. You know? I OK. Which is kind of what happens. But yeah. OK. So I see what you're saying. So let, let, let's jump into the, yeah, let's the jump story. Into the movie. So the story is of these three brothers, the uh, the Whitman brothers. There is Owen Wilson's character, Francis, Francis, who is the oldest. There is Adrian Brody's character, Peter, the middle brother. And then there's Jason Schwartzman, Jack. I really liked, because they were named after Peter Bogdanovich, Francis Ford Coppola, and Jack Nicholson. Oh, my that God. That helped me remember their names because... I actually didn't know that. Oh, it was in the trivia. I Oh, I, yeah. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich, of course, being... The very famous director who did The Last Picture Show and many yeah. other stuff. And if anyone else recently has seen him, uh, you've seen him in It Chapter 2 as the faux director. Yes. Who has that great line of, the ending's terrible. And then he just goes away. And you're like, oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes. And uh, he's still got his ascot on. <laughs> yeah. He still looks like Peter Bogdanovich, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's wild. I actually didn't know that. Well, uh, Coppola's son wrote it. I think with that's with, either it's his son or his grandson with Jason Schwartzman and Wes Anderson and Noah Bachbaum, uh, the guy who did uh, Marriage Story, uh, <laughs> who is oh, Wes's uh, sorry everyone, uh, Wes's uh, new writing partner because it was him, it was Wes and Owen, then it was Wes and Jason, and now it's Wes and Noah, but then Jason still. Helps is Roman Coppola, Roman, and at first okay. when I saw that, I go, "I'm gonna hate this," because I don't like, th- I don't like the Coppola offsprings. Usually, I think their their movies are not as good. I think the exception would probably be Lost in Translation. Oh, Sophia. Sophia. Well, then, okay. As I told you before, uh, we will do her movie, The Virgin Suicides. Okay. I should have done it. I should have picked it in season five because it's a fucking downer. Sounds like it. Oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Do you have it up there yet? No, not yet. Okay. It, it's on my Criterion wish list. Oh, okay. uh, I will get it. Uh, and thanks to Ashley, I actually really like that movie, even it's even though it's so depressing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, so these three brothers um, who haven't spoken in a year uh, since their father's passing, on Francis's word, have all decided to meet in India to go on a quote-unquote spiritual journey uh honestly it is a it is a ploy by francis um as i just recently watched a video um almost subconsciously to finally start talking again Mm -hmm. uh it's it's a he knew this would be the only way he could get them to come to india is if he told them like oh we're gonna go on a spiritual journey together Mm -hmm. but no 
It's that's not the case. That it is to start talking again, but also to track down their mom, right. who has also been missing for a year. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she was not at their father's funeral. No, didn't uh, want to. No, and uh, <laughs> if I had any gripes about this movie, I think that was the one. Is when she said, "Like they're like, why, why didn't you come? Because I didn't want to." Not a good enough reason, right? For yeah. The, for the build-up the movie gives for it. Yeah. That wasn't a good enough reason. I agree. Yeah. I, that Obviously. Was, I think that was the only letdown about the movie. Uh, Being a diehard Wes Anderson fan, mm. I was just like, oh. I was mm. kind of hoping she'd be like, oh, because, you know, some uh, some other form of Wes, uh, Wes Anderson trope. Like, oh, you like I made a vow to your father. It's something like that. Something. But just, I don't want to go. I don't want to. Which you could argue is also very Wes Anderson because it's... True, because Wes is, you know, very dry humor. Yeah. Just, I don't want to go. And yeah. And you're like, oh, okay then. Um, I, I th- yeah, okay, so... The... <laughs> Peter's character, which I can't express to you how much I really enjoy... Adrian Brody as yeah, an actor. Adrian Brody is the fucking man. I think he's great. His character, however, I think it's mostly with the relationship with his wife. It seemed a little uh, sideways esque to me. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Sideways um, with uh, Thomas Hayden Church and uh, Paul Giamatti. Um, Love both of those guys. The premise of that movie is Thomas Hayden Church wants to go on his uh, go on a trip before he gets married so he can cheat on his wife or cheat on his fiance before he gets married it's horrendous right uh, it's so awful yeah like that's uh that's not how that works no and so but that's what he wants to do right okay. and so then you know of course they go on this whole wine tasting bullshit anyway that movie sucks but um <laughs> People love it, by the way. I, I was about to say, you were building it up like to be like, oh, dude, it's the best uh, best movie I've ever seen. No, it's awful. It, so it seemed a little sideways-esque to me, to where it's like he's not respecting his wife. Or, uh, he just kind of packed up and was like, oh, I'm going to India. Right, and like doesn't want to be a father, even though, you know, which I, which that part, I was like, I get that he's nervous about it. Right. Or whatever. But it's like leaving right before <laughs> Yeah, the right. baby's born. Yeah, like I think like the baby's due in like a few weeks, and he's like, "All right, bye." Yeah, see ya. Um, so I attribute that to each brother is in their own various stage of grief. Mm-hmm. Even though it's been a year, they're still grieving in some way, and I think Peter is the one who's grieving the most. Yes, because he, um, which is one of those you know running gags that I did enjoy, which is, is that dad's? You know, yeah, well, like yeah, everything yeah. he had and was using was his dad's. Yeah, his their father's prescription sunglasses, which I, were giving him a headache. Right, because the, the prescription was prescription Now, here's what was funny about that is knowing a few things about what actors like mm-hmm. from, you know, watching countless, you know, documentaries and listening to commentary, stuff like that, um, is they like to do business with props. Mm-hmm. The constant of him of pulling the glasses pulling it up, up and, and pulling them down and yeah. taking them off and putting them back on. He must have been in heaven having something to do constantly with his mm-hmm. glasses. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's almost like an actor's dream, you know, to yeah. just be constantly doing something. Um, it made sense after a while because at first you're like, what is he doing? 
Like, put them on, take them off. But then once you realize that they're prescription glasses that are not his, you know? Yeah. It's almost like, I can't believe he's leaving them on for as long as he is. Ashley immediately figured that out when he's like, like I've got a headache. And then, oh, right, yeah. and then was like... Like their dad, aren't these prescriptions? She was like, "Well, oh, that's why he's getting a headache." And I was yeah. like, oh. "Oh, right, right." And then the the razor, the um, uh, the car keys he still has, uh, you know. But of course, the biggest thing is the monogrammed matching luggage. Uh, so I thought for the longest well before we figure out that that's their dad's mm-hmm. I thought it was all Jack's luggage like I guess because uh, yeah, for we've some seen... reason I thought he was living his entire life in Paris and then just moved and that's all of his luggage right is what I assumed at first I, I could get that because especially since I told you to watch it the way right. it's supposed to be watched with it, with the short film of Hotel C uh, and then it leads right into the movie yeah I could, I could get it's that. It's not as seamless as you think. There's still credits. In, yeah, in there's between, still credits. Which I did not like. That was another thing I didn't like. Well, see, I don't think that was Wes's fault, though. Okay, do you think it's just the criterion and just yeah. being like, let's just put it there? Just Yeah, like, let people know, like, hey. Because, I mean, it says, like, play with short film. and Yeah, I guess. I mean, but that's not Criterion's fault either. Please sponsor us. Yes, please. We love you, Criterion. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, then I, I could get that, though. Cause, yes. Yeah, because he's well, already... Then, of course, then we realize his the dad's name is... Um, oh, shit. Something I, with a J. And, uh, and I'm going to be go, honest, I don't know. And you go, oh. Uh, it was like John or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and so speaking of the luggage, that is the one thing that they... All the brothers hold on to the most. Because... Uh, as something I read and, and watched a couple of videos on, that's the thing that they attribute their father's love to. Yeah. Like, if they think, okay, we'll divide this up and equally, we have dad's love. I do like <clears throat> that they're all numbered. And yeah. so they all know which one is theirs just by knowing what number they have. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, kind of emphasizing the point of the film of letting go of the past you have to admit the great shot of them just finally yeah, yeah, throwing letting, the luggage. Letting go of the luggage was yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great shot. Um, Wes really utilizing uh, slow mo a few times. Yeah, he, he uses it a lot in his films, but in this movie, I think he's, he uses it the most uh, during the funeral sequence and the uh, the physical letting go of everything. Mm-hmm. But um, so Jeremy. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the relationship of the brothers. Sure. Because, as mentioned, they haven't spoken in a year. Right. Um, and like I said, I think each brother is grieving in their own way. Uh, Francis, of course, as we learned at the end of the movie, uh, attempted suicide. Yes, and um, coincides with Owen Wilson's own real-life suicidal attempts. Yes. Uh, if anyone didn't know that, Owen went through a really hard time in the early 2000s. Um, was uh, he was in that rehab too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, but it's okay. Our boy's fine now. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, he's in that Loki show, killing it up. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yes. So Francis has in this year uh, attempted suicide. Peter is, of course, uh, already being sort of a neglectful father, and Jack. Jack is a weird one because he's he's grieving in his own way, but. N- I would say not as harshly as his two brothers. Yeah, I you know, 
even with the short film attached to it, it's almost like, wait, did they break up? And why does he care so much? Because they didn't seem that close. To begin with. Right. And, and they were about to have sex. Yeah. And then they... But which we need to get into that also. Because yeah. that's a huge deal for Natalie Portman. But we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, by the way, Natalie Portman's in this movie. Well... <laughs> more than just the train car. And, and, and the film is just a cameo, but it's more fleshed out in the short film. But anyway. Right. And uh, when... Whatever. So... <laughs> Jeremy, shut up. Stop interrupting yourself. And so that was his sort of grief or trauma or whatever that mm. he's going through it didn't make as much sense to me it didn't like hit home to me as much as the other guys because it's like he didn't it didn't seem like they were that close and it didn't seem like they cared for each other as much as of course at the end you find out that um you know he's starting to write this short story mm-hmm about you know his relationship with her right yeah uh, the actual short film right <laughs> <laughs> um which now begs the question did that actually happen because throughout the film he keeps saying that everybody's fictionalized which of course it might be a joke because he's like i don't want anyone to get upset i think it is because he's wearing the robe from the hotel oh that's true so i think i think i think it's just i think it's a way for him to be like oh no 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 like that's no yeah it didn't actually happen. <laughs> oh and I'm just now realizing that we do get to see the outcome of the short the short story that they're reading, uh, which is the flashback sequence. Yes. I'm just now connecting those dots because oh they kept God. saying, um, oh, that's right. I like, remember how you yelled at the... It, no, it's all guy. fictionalized. It's all, right. And yes. I, uh, Jack has manifested his pain and grief in the short story of what happened the day of the funeral, because they missed their own father's funeral. Whoops. Arguing over whether or not to take their dad's... Uh, Porsche. Porsche to the funeral. Because, as with the luggage, anything belonging to their father's uh, attributes to the amount of love that he has for it them. It seemed that they were really close to their dad, unless with their mom, of course. And yeah. I just assumed it was Gene Hackman. So let's just. I was kind of. I was hoping we would see their dad. Yeah, and that would have been cool if it was Gene. Hackman. Yeah, I just assumed it was Gene Hackman. But I think. Might as well. I think with the Royal Tenenbaums, uh, Gene Hackman being a distant father, I, I think that would have been oh, too close been to too that. Much. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, I think it helps the story that we it don't see their dad. And it would have helped the connection with Angelica Houston also from the yeah. Royal Tenenbaums. I, that's as much as I know about that movie, by the way. Um, yeah. It's good, but I'm not going to make you watch it. Thank you. Uh, anyway, I feel like I'd hate that one the most. But it's got Ben Stiller. Right? I don't care. <laughs> Benny Stills. Don't care. Noah Baumbach. That's how you pronounce his name, by the way. Oh, there we go. And uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in that one too. I don't care. Um, Noah Baumbach has Ben Stiller in other stuff. I think. Yeah, the Meyerwood stories. Right. So with, it's fine. With I, Adam Sandler. If I really wanted to, I could, but I'm not going to. Anyway. Uh, so anyway. So the brothers have not spoken in a year, and they, there's almost, there's this distrust that has grown between the three. Yes, that was a bit that I also liked. Again, it was part of the very, you know, quick dialogue between the three of them was also the, hey, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell Francis. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, 
But don't tell Jack. But don't tell Peter, right? Yeah, it's, right. Which I thought, I kind of thought that bit was going to continue through the movie, which would have been fun. I would have liked that. But mm-hmm. I understand why it didn't. Yeah, because yeah. our characters have to learn to trust each other again. Right. Um, and that's really manifested in Francis taking Peter and Jack's passports. Right. So they couldn't try to leave. Uh, because Jack apparently had plans to like, you know what? No, I'm not going on this spiritual <laughs> journey with you guys. Right. Uh, and Francis was like, nah, you're staying. And what was um, what was interesting is I kind of thought that was going to play a bigger part as well as the... Uh, the taking of the passports? No, the spiritual side of everything. Because, uh, you know, that sort of short-lived the, you know, going to these places of worship or going to these holy places mm-hmm. in India... Uh, which I I thought was cool because you know I, I, I yeah I want to know how Wes got the okay to film there. I mean I bet it's not a big deal you yeah. know because those places are open. I mean anybody can go in. That's true. If I'm not mistaken, um, I'm sure there are places they can't. But or I'm sure Wes had to contact ahead of time and say, hey, look, like this is the story. We're going to be very respectful. Is this okay? And I'm sure they're like, yeah, sure, just be respectful. Like, yeah, I, I assume. Yeah, I would assume too. Um, and I think what finally <clears throat> finally starts to rebuild the trust between the brothers is the the saving of the kids. Yeah, well... Well, two of the three. Two of the... Two, as Meatloaf would say, two out of three ain't bad. Oh, my God. Um, big, oh my God. big fan of Meatloaf. Uh, I mean, not, the, the, not the meal, the recording artist. But also the meal. The meal's yes. good, too. I don't like a lot of ketchup, but... <laughs> God. Anyway, anyway, so, yes, yeah. because they uh, they are tr- they get kicked off the train, which the train is called the Darjeeling Limited. Uh, that's an actual train that runs in India. I mean, maybe not now, but especially during the, the I time. I read that they had filmed on the actual the actual train. train. That would make sense, which would be very complicated. So I'm pretty impressed that they got some of those shots in because. I'm sure they had to use sets for some parts, but... With flyaways and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so they get kicked off the train, which they're warned about uh, very early on. I love that actor, by the way. Yeah, he's also in Grand Budapest. And he's in Life Aquatic. Oh. I do remember in Life Aquatic. He's, um, he's the cameraman in Life Aquatic. I met... I, I was introduced to this guy um, in Spike Lee's Inside Man. He's oh, okay. In, um, and, uh, cause Haley was asking about his, um, his head, um, garment. Oh, okay. And I said, well, he's Sikh. Uh, so he has to, it's part of his religion. He has to wear it. I learned that from inside man, because that's a big deal in the movie <laughs> oh, okay. is they, they make him take it off. And he's like, I can't take it off. You know, he's uh-huh. Sikh. It's part of my religion, blah, 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 all that stuff. So, um, anyway, love that actor. Love the actress who was his, uh, girlfriend. Girlfriend who Jason Schwartzman, uh. I don't think they actually had sex, but he for sure, um, he did some things with his yeah. hands. Some not safe for work things. Yeah. And while it, she was at work. At work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was introduced to her, because again, I don't I didn't watch any of this bullshit. Um, <laughs> when it came out, uh, was um, The Night Of, uh, which is a great HBO miniseries. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to tell you where I first saw her but I don't want to because you're going to be mad at me and you're already mad at me. I'm not mad at you. It was in Doctor Who. Oh, well. Okay. Um, but anyway. Uh, British? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, know. so they are warned uh, if they cause too much of a disturbance, they will be removed. 
and they are because uh, um, didn't get kicked off for the snake. Yeah, they got kicked off for fighting. <laughs> yeah, they they let a da- dangerous cobra accidentally loose on the train. Didn't know you could buy one of those, but you can. Well, and I just love how he's like the snake is gone. <laughs> There's a hole in it. What? What do you mean? And they're like. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they they accidentally let this snake out because Peter, for some fucking reason, buys it at the market. Now, I was going to ask you about that because I was like, maybe that, again, I just assumed it was going to be important later. And the only way it was important was to get them on thin ice with, yeah, with, the, with the security. But, you know, for me, I thought, you know, he's buying it for a reason. He asked if it was super poisonous. And when the guy said yes, he bought it. I think... I think it was, it's probably one of those reckless things. Like, he's he's still grieving, so it's, I'm just going to be reckless. Yeah. You know? Um, it's like when I drink and go to Amazon. It's just like, you know what? No, Whatever. reckless is you taking melatonin and continuing to drink. Oh, my God. That's being reckless. Okay, I don't do that as much anymore. So let's, let's, let's <laughs> relax. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but they're kicked off for fighting, uh, which is one of my favorite fight scenes in any West movie. Because I just love how, leading up to it, Francis keeps going like, yeah, he agrees with me, uh, pointing to Jack. And Jack's like, don't include me. Like, just trying to shave. Just trying to be, like, you two are fighting. I'm not involved in this. Leave me alone. And I just love that he keeps like, don't include me. Don't. And then, and it finally erupts when Peter takes the belt, that's their dad's, and throws it at Francis. Pretty good hit. Like, right on the nose. And I just love... Jack's well, hole. Not a small lo- target. Like, I love you, but I'm going to mace you in the face now. And maces them both. Um, yeah, that's what gets them thrown off the train. Uh, and they are trying to make their way to the nearest town so they can kind of go their separate ways because this clearly is not working. Mm-hmm. And they witness these three kids trying to cross a bridge, and the bridge collapses and they fall into a river. It was sort of like a pulley system, like a raft. It was, it was, it was cool. It was like it was cool. It was but, almost like the kids made it themselves. But unfortunately, that that rope didn't last. No. And they are only able to save two of the three little boys. And the the actor who plays their father, I know as well. He's been in a bunch oh, of stuff, yeah, and I'm uh, a huge fan of his. Yeah. Uh, if I can remember his name, yeah, he, which would be great. Uh, for our listener out there, uh, he was in The Life of Pi. He was in yes. uh, the Jurassic World. Re- the first one, he wasn't, unfortunately, in the second one. Um, I believe he was also in, in Slumdog, but... He's been in a ton of stuff. I could be wrong about that Slumdog thing, um, but I think he probably was. Everybody everybody was in Slumdog. Yeah. Did Patel was in Slumdog? Yeah, every, every Indian actor working in Hollywood was in... Um, but yes, so they uh, they they have the two kids who they did save, bring them back to their village and to return the the boy to his father. Um, and I th- that's what starts to sow the seeds of trust again in the brothers because they are invited to the funeral, and it's kind of a way to make up for the fact. We didn't go to our own father's funeral, but we we will be here for this father at his right. son's funeral. Almost kind of, you know, the flip of their situation. And it's it's a very beautiful moment, you know? Mm-hmm. No, and, no, no, the, the, the funeral sequence I liked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. And that's what finally 
causes Francis to let his guard down and show the brothers what's underneath his bandages. Because he just said it was an accident. Like, oh yeah, you know, I had an accident with my motorcycle. But then when they kind of finally see it, because it's not outright said that it was a suicide attempt, but right, right, right. Once, they, once they see it, they're like, oh, you intentionally crashed your motorcycle. Right, yeah. Um, and it's... Great prosthetics. Yeah, really good. Um, and then they... No, I'm sorry. I skipped a whole part. Uh, when they finally track down their mom. Oh, right. Um, who, <laughs> which I didn't believe. I thought it was, I, I literally looked, I paused the movie and I looked at Ashley. I was like, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. When uh, they're like, oh, she's uh, she's a nun. I was like, "That's that a sounds nun? like bullshit. Yeah. And uh, no, no, she's she's an actual nun. A nun. Um, yeah. And uh, they have this real nice, heart to heart with their mom and then that's when we get our lame excuse of like why weren't you at dad's funeral right and I don't want to go and then she disappears again yes uh, this time though not to be malicious but because apparently she just does this uh, according to the other sisters at her convent right she'll just go off um, but of course as these three brothers who have had to live with this they are probably like well oh well but it's it's a good moment for them to kind of get a little bit of closure. Mm-hmm. Not enough, because, you know, when she says, you know, can't we just let the past go? Like, the past is done. Can't we just let it go? And Francis is like, not for us, it's not. And this is where we get a little bit of character development for Francis, because she does what he's been doing the whole time when ordering food. Yeah. Which is, I'm going to have this... Uh, you get this, you get this, and they'll have this, and we're good, right? And that's right. exactly what, like, anybody who wants scrambled eggs, raise your hand, you know? He's he's emulating his mom when he when he's doing that, of course. And I guess that could be a way for me to be like, I guess we had to go see the mom. But for me, it was just like, he's the older brother. Well, and, you know, it's kind of personified that I guess their mother wasn't very present, mm-hmm. or both parents, because Francis says at the beginning of the movie... You know, did I raise us, like, good, like, kind of? And, you know, I guess it's implied that, like, they they were all they had. Right. Uh, and that's why I think their dad's funeral was so significant for them and why holding on to his material possessions is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, maybe... Uh, I don't know that personally because both my parents are still alive. Yeah. But, I mean, I think why I wanted to do this now is also to touch on that this is a very very human story. You think so? In my opinion. Because, like, unlike some of other Wes's, the other West films we've talked about, where you have this big ensemble cast, mm-hmm. you really just have these three actors. I guess they're interacting with other actors, but almost every single scene, it's them. I mean, there is there is less Wes Anderson-esque stuff in this, and which I guess is why I hate it the least. And I think that's another reason why, I, well, I mean, and I was slightly right. I, I thought this one for sure, though, you'd be like, dude, I loved it. No, I didn't <laughs> love it, but um, it may be something I might watch again in the future. I don't okay. know. Definitely not the only one. <laughs> 
But let's um, let's go to the short film. Okay. So Hotel C. Hotel C. I'll put it on the screen right now. Now. And now it's gone. Oh, okay. Okay. So oh, the short I, film. I miss it, actually. Oh, no. Okay. Here, here it is again. And now it's gone. Okay, good. That was enough. Ah. Um, so, you know, I was reading about Natalie Portman agreeing to do a nude scene for this short film. And we should pause because yes, she is nude, but we don't see any of the the bubes. Oh my god! I can't. We can't. We can't afford a strike, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. So yeah, but so, we do see that ass. Oh my god! So yes, um, she does have. I mean, a nudes. I mean, it could be because she had said she was never going to do that, right? No. I thought it was so strange that she agreed to do it for this. It's almost like, I you know. I wonder why, you know, I wonder why she had agreed to do it for this, because it's not like it was going to be seen by the masses. Maybe that might be a reason why. But, you know, it. she had just come off of doing V for Vendetta because her hair was really short. And I think this is right before she did Mr. Morgorium's Wonder Emporium. Okay. Because <laughs> that those because uh, her hair is uh, yeah. short. <laughs> yeah. And so, like... I, I don't know. Maybe she was willing to take more risks after V for Vendetta. Um, maybe. Getting out of her comfort zone a little bit on that one. But I don't know. It seems so stupid because then later she said she regretted it. And it's like, you know. But she regretted doing the nude scene for. Yeah. Really? Well, because she said she was never going to do it. You know? Maybe it was because maybe in the moment she was like, you know what? This, this makes sense for the story. Maybe. I don't know. But then again, it's like, I don't know enough about her to justify this, right? It's a short film. Yeah, that's right? true. I mean, and if if Natalie's raps are any case, I don't think we want to get to know her, you know? That's I a mean, good point. We might get thrown out of a window. That's right. Um, <laughs> Shout out to the Lonely Eye. So, I, I guess that would be, you know, my main criticism with the short film is that, you know, it, it kind of pushed Natalie Portman out of her comfort zone a little too much. Which is so strange to me that, you know, and again, it's her decision. That's true. It. So yeah. it's not like, it's not, I guess I wouldn't, shouldn't say it's a criticism, but it's just so strange to me that she was yeah. like, yeah, sure. And, and then later then go, like, I, I shouldn't have done that. You know? Maybe because, I don't know. I don't want to say maybe because later on she was like, ah, oh, I should have, I should have done a new scene for this movie, but I can't because I did it for Yeah, because it's like, if you only get, if, if, if her she, rationale is you only get one, I wouldn't have wasted it on that one. Yeah. I guess. Maybe. Um, not that that was a rationale, but I'm just saying if it was. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, I do not like Jason Schwartzman's character. I like Jason Schwartzman. I don't like his character in this one at all. Well, yes, because... So, 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 so I'm glad you wanted to talk about the short film, because the short film is, I believe, two weeks before the events of the film. Right. So Jack is kind of on his big asshole kick. Because by the end of the, uh, would you at least say, though, by the end of the film, you like Jack? Kind of, sort of. Kind of, I guess. But not really. I mean, okay. I still don't like him. Because, you know, I, I still attribute, you know, his actions in the past mm. to still be a reflection of who he is. It's not like, you know, which is something I hate very much, is the 180 turnaround. Jeremy right? uh, does not like 180s. I don't like 180 turnarounds, right? In, in, in personality changes in films just because of just one thing. So... The thing that icked me out the most was 
when he was like, I want that wager, or I, I want that, um, whatever he called her. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I don't, that was, Pause and then go shower. That was gross. I did not like the way he said it. I didn't like, you know, I knew exactly what he meant by it, and I didn't like it. Yeah. And it's gross. He was gross. gross. He's a gross guy. Gross. Gross. Yeah, and, and the short film really personifies that um, because originally, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you read it, uh, originally the short film was meant to be a one-off. It was meant to be its own thing, mm-hmm. its own separate movie or uh, separate story. But while R- Wes was writing it, he was like, you know, this is a lot like a character I have for this movie. And decided, okay, they need to be combined. And and I agree. Makes sense. Jack is very, especially in the short film, He, I would say this is the lowest of his low. Yeah. He is... Pretty much squatters riding this uh, very nice hotel in France. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem he... I, like, I don't know. It just seems like they're just kind of letting him stay there, you know? I was trying to think of what movie he was watching, too. I think it was like The 400 Blows or something. He was he was watching a French film. In the- yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> it might have been a Truffaut or it might have... I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but, you know, this is where we can also see his relationship with Natalie Portman. It's a very volatile relationship. Yeah, it's very... Yeah, it's not like a close... Yeah. You know, emotionally close relationship. It's very obvious that they they love to hate to be... They they love hating being with each other. Um, because... He has a great line, because it comes up in the, in the movie, so if you never saw the short film, you'll just hear it in the movie, of... Oh, no, it's what Natalie Portman says. I know if we fuck, I'm going to hate myself in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it's only through the through the, the journey of the movie where he finally realizes, like, okay, I need to let her go. I can't keep doing this to myself. Because one of my favorite funny parts is when he's like, how is this for, you know, the ending of a new short story I'm writing? And he says, you know, he will not be going to wherever she wanted him to meet him. It was Italy or something. Yeah, and I love, Peter goes... I love how mean you are in that. And he's like, the characters are... Thanks. Because <laughs> he's finally admitting, like, yes, my, sh- my short stories are, are Autobiographical. Real. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was him finally saying, like, no, I'm we're done. Yeah. But, yeah, the short film, we need to see Jack. Like I said, I think in the, in the lowest of his low. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's still gross throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, but we do finally, gross. you know, we get those little nuggets of character growth. Yeah. Towards the end. Where he's not going to, when they get on their new train, he's not going to sleep with, well, I mean, he might have slept with that waitress. Uh, or whatever he called her, yeah. he's not going to be gross about it. Or at least in front of his brothers. Well, let's hope not. But, yeah, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Um, let's hope he's not gross anymore. Yeah, I didn't care for that. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I would say in terms also, this is one of Wes's most, in my opinion, sexual movies. Uh, because the only time I'd ever seen someone lick their fingers in the oh, mi- middle that was like, of a sex scene graphic. <laughs> uh, is in 8 Mile when Brittany oh, Snow yeah. does that when she and Eminem are about uh, to Brittany have sex Murphy, oh Brittany Murphy I'm so sorry I was confusing uh, oh no there is Brittany Snow there is a Brittany, Brittany Snow. Snow but it was Brittany Murphy R.I.P. to Brittany Murphy R.I.P. to Brittany Murphy um, I've been watching a lot of King of the Hill R.I.P. to Brittany Murphy but, uh, but yeah I was not expecting that 
Because yeah, I was like, oh, whoa, oh my god. Because like, yes, Wes has made some rated R films in the past, but they haven't been that overtly sexual. And I say that now remembering the full-on blowjob scene in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. But I guess maybe it's because it's styled a certain way, but actually seeing Jason Schwartzman go... Yeah, it seemed very intimate, right? Or yeah. it's like, we're like I'm not supposed to be watching this. Like, you know should I? I? Like, should I go? <laughs> should I turn this off now? Yeah, it's like, ugh. <laughs> you know? Um... But yeah, and I think it's because Wes is. I, I I like I like that you used intimate, because since we are in such a closed yeah, space, it, yeah. a majority of the movie, it, everything has to be very. It's almost like you can't. You can't not. Can't leave. Yeah. We're there, and this is the amount of space you got. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, but uh, but I mean, in terms of Wes's uh, filmography, I mean, he followed. Uh, the Life Aquatic with this movie, mm. so I felt like he was very, on, very much on a uh, sort of a depression kick a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Who knows the mind of Wes Anderson? The people, uh, his professors at UT. He graduated from the University of Texas. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, he's an Austinite. That's what's up. Yeah, they're a much better. <laughs> Filmmakers from Austin, like uh, Richard Linklater, for Which, one. Uh, we for sure will do a Linklater film. Actually, we can do one this season. Oh, we yeah? can do Waking Life. That one's really strange and really avant-garde. Oh yeah. Uh, it's sort of like slacker, but everything's rotoscoped. But it was before they kind of honed it in for a Scanner Darkly, and so oh, it's sorry, sort of, he did that too. Yeah. It's sort of like. Uh, it's sort of like we're testing out rotoscoping, you know, yeah. this whole movie. And it's so strange. And I love it. Um, anyway, that might be a future episode. Anyway. Uh, God, I love Richard Linklater. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Richard Linklater. Yeah. Shout out to every movie he ever makes in Austin. Dude, every movie he ever makes in general. I, You know, uh, this is a tangent, of course, because you mentioned UT, you mentioned Austin, and then Linklater. Um, that one of the greatest trilogies I've ever seen in my entire life is the Before Trilogy. I know I'm gonna get um, that. You, you keep rubbing it in my face. You've you've got that on Criterion. And I had watched it before. You know, before I had bought it, I I had seen it, and I watched the first two in one night, and the uh, the third one the next day. Uh, that was before midnight. Right? Yeah, before midnight, I watched the next day. Um. At that time, I'd had a jailbroken fire stick, so I was, like, getting illegal <laughs> movies on there. Don't and, illegally download movies. Sure. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> but in this case, it was dope because I could watch those movies back to back to back. Um, and it was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen. Um, yeah. It's it's a beautiful story. Linklater is the best. Linklater uh, is the best. Linklater has one of the coolest filmographies because they're so different. Every movie is so different. We might other. have to do an old style season one reservations and do a whole and episode. And just do a Linklater episode? I mean, would you be down? I don't know. Maybe. I, I would feel, I think we would I would need... feel like it would be a disservice to those films to not give them their each episode. But uh, We may have to dedicate one whole season then, man. Maybe. Or a sub-season. Uh, a mini-season. Okay. An Mi- in between, pull an American Horror Story through two seasons in a year. 
Okay. We pretty much do two, te- two seasons in a year. We pretty much do that anyway. Anyway, uh, so Jeremy. Yes, sir. Are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, 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 I'm right. Okay. Well, so, okay. I'm, I will say I am glad you hated this one the least. The least. Because uh, I was suspecting, like, okay, he this one, because even Asher's like, I think this this is the one he'll like. If there is, this is the one. Yeah. And it's the... I, Closest one you've got. Well, and and I was really hoping that if this wasn't do it, that because you had told me you had started watching Fantastic Mr. Fox, but then you said you turned it off in the yeah, middle. Yeah, I didn't so. make it through that either. I, I again, I respect. Um, well, if the, the stop, I love to stop motion, but you know, to me, it's just like I don't know. Maybe I just don't like Raul all that much. If but. I'm being honest, I honestly think it'll be Bottle Rocket. I think Bottle Rocket's the one you like because that's the least West movie ever. Yeah, because it's. It's him testing everything. It's him figuring out how do I want to make movies. And it's a, not a incoherent story. Well, I mean, I guess. my buddy um, was like, I really want to see Bottle Rocket. And I go, you know, it's Wes Anderson, right? And he goes, ah, forget it. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I do want to see Bottle Rocket. And I did want to see Bottle Rocket. But then I'm like, I don't know. I don't like any of these other ones. I, I get what you're saying. Though. Honestly, I think, but I think that's the one. I, re- I truly do. But I, like I said, at the, the top of the show, I'm not going to make you sit through another Wes Anderson movie. Yay! Uh, I will let you watch that one on your own volition. Now, again, there are things I liked about this one. Just no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So let me go back to that point. So I do, I do like that this one had more you appreciated about it. Yes. Than the past two. Yes. Um, couldn't get you. But it's all right. No. Because I know there's, you know, as I've said. And, of course, I respect all filmmakers. There, I mean, there, there are filmmakers out there that I don't like, obviously. I believe Wes Anderson, he's not doing, <laughs> he's not making me mad on purpose. <laughs> it's just I just don't jive with, yeah. with, the, with these films, which is fine. I, you know, again, respect the hell out of, out of his, uh, his ability to uh, create a style all his own. That's what's up. I, I really respect anyone patient enough to do stop motion yeah, um, and be able to make it aesthetically pleasing and be meticulous enough to have it be sort of seamless. And I've seen a clips of Isle of Dogs with the, the, the guy doing the sushi. Oh, the sushi sequence is... Uh, it was uh, so rad. It's like, amazing. That I liked a lot. And so, again, respect. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not for me. Um, but in terms of the story, though, did you did you like this? Yeah, the kind story, of story of this of of letting go of the past. Yeah, the story wasn't. Yeah, the yeah the story wasn't as ridiculous as like Grand Budapest was. Yeah, or Life Aquatic. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, and this even had Bill Murray. So. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that Bill. I was like, "Oh, hey, Bill Murray!" Oh, there, 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 there he goes. He goes. Okay, oh, all right. Okay, but it's because Bill and Wes are so close. They're buddies. I'm pretty sure Wes could be like, "Hey, I have, I need you to play a dead body," and Bill would probably be like, "All right, let's do it." All right, let's go. You let's, know, let's go. Tight. I mean, but of course, I think Bill is the focus of his new film, The French Dispatch, which okay. I cannot wait for. But anyway, uh, well, all right, man. Well, I, I'm glad you liked this one a little bit more. I will now relinquish my cap of I will never <laughs> I will <laughs> probably never get you to like a Wes Anderson movie ever again. Probably not. Uh, so buddy. Yes. What are we talking about next week? So I was thinking about it 
and I'm still going to put off Synecdoche. So we're not going to okay, do Synecdoche. Okay. But we're right. still going to put that off because I just feel like I'm not ready. So Well, I mean, nah, I'll close the show with that. So out, keep of, out of all of the strange films we do, mm-hmm. this one's going to be the coolest. I think. Okay. I think this one you're going to be like, that movie was just cool. Okay. We're doing Cool World? No. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was the setup to me just saying, we're doing Cool World. And you're going to be like, ah, ah. No, well, that's hard. But this is, I think this one's going to be like, that was rad. I, you know, this one is sort of, it's weird, but the story is so weird and it doesn't make any sense. And I love it. Uh, we are going to do uh, Roger Avery's adaptation of the novel by Brett Easton Ellis. We're bo- doing our boy, Brett Easton Ellis. We're doing rules of attraction uh, next week. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies. I am obsessed with it. Didn't we talk about that in in uh, yes uh, the American Psycho episode? Yes, because um, Patrick makes an appearance via mention because um, Sean, his brother, is the main character. So of. I'm not gonna lie, I have ever since we, I got ready for the American Psycho episode, I read about the movie. And it interested me. It's wild because it's not. It's 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 completely like a stark different yes. from American Psycho. Yeah. Where my American Psycho, as shout out to our American Psycho episode, is like this melding of horror and comedy and satire. Yeah. This is completely different. This is completely. I mean, there is satire. There is comedy. But it's more of you know. It, it's more lighthearted, I guess you could say, which is weird. <laughs> lighthearted compared to a book about Be- because him. Because it's weird to say more lighthearted because once you watch the movie, you're going to be like, no, it wasn't. What? Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to see get anyone, and I'm not going to see anyone get uh, hacked up with a, a chrome plated no. axe. No, but you are going to, I think, you're going to love the way the movie's put together. Um, it's awesome. I mean, I I've seen it, it, it so many times. And Brent Easton Ellis, he he wrote the the, the script yeah. for the movie, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he helped write this one with Roger Avery. Nice. And Roger Avery did Killing Zoe, if anyone has seen that, uh, with Eric Stoltz. A shout out. Who is also in Rules of Attraction. So shout out to Mask, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Mask. Hey, shout out to uh, half of uh, filming. Back to, the Back to the future, filming seventy five percent, and then being like, "Hey, buddy, your comedic, your we gotta com- let you go. Your comedic timing is not where we need it." Uh, plus, Michael J. Fox uh, is gonna who's be down. The, who's the woman? Hold on, because there's also. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to get people stoked. Uh, so of course, James Vanderbeek makes his <gasps> oh, um, his typecasting break. Uh, he is no longer Dawson. Uh, Dawson? He should have drowned that kid in the lake. Yeah, he should have. Um, so he's no longer Dawson in this movie. He is this, you know, uh, drug-taking, drinking, sex-having, um, sort of a weird kid in this weird college that doesn't make sense. Um, but uh, um, it's Shannon... Sussman. Sussman? Sosaman. I don't know. She was in 40 Days and 40 Nights. Um, also in Wrist Cutters. Um, anyway. She's great. Okay. <laughs> Big fan. Also, Jessica Biel, 
uh, breaks her typecasting because she was um, in Seventh Heaven, and then she was in this movie. <laughs> Seventh Heaven. Uh, Seventh I had, Heaven. I had a joke queued up for that, but I was like, no. No? No, you could save it because <laughs> next week we're doing Rules of Attraction. Nice. Uh, okay, I, I'm, I'm jazzed, man. Um, I love... Britney's and Ellis adaptations, uh, as mentioned in the American Psycho episode. Um, And this is the closest one. um, I for sure want to read more of his books. Um, Awesome, man. So uh, before we close out, um, I meant to mention at the beginning of the episode, but I kind of, I was like, you know, we'll we'll wait. Um, So the 100th episode is coming. Yes. Um, That one may take some time. Just going to go ahead and forewarn. Um, because we want to make sure that it's a really special episode because it's neither of our picks. So season six will be a little long, but we just want to let you know it's coming. So if when it's supposed to come out, it doesn't come out, we'll let you guys know. But yeah. we're gearing up for that. It's it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm still waiting for my sweater to come in. As am I. <laughs> uh, it says it shipped like two weeks ago. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed the Darjeeling Unlimited, and we'll see you next week for Rules of Attraction.